Mason, take out your red phrase book, number 16, Amazing Love.
praise him. Number 52. Minnesota. Our opening hymn is Jesus Shall Reign, number 157 in the purple.
text him, we believe, it's on your insert sheet.
face the challenges of aging. We, we thank you, O oh Lord, that we may grow Jesus in wisdom and truth. Wisdom and counsel and truth. Just as Jesus did in wisdom and stature and favor of God and humanity. We thank you for the able-bodied individuals that make our telecast possible. Thank you for our local television station who times we go long and they just they carry it. And we thank you, Lord, for the investment of our time and our talents and our treasures. We do pray for wisdom, tremendous chaos that's going on in the world at our borders. Herod, who 
secretly called for the wise men and learned from them where the exact time where the, when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay, pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out. And there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. And then reading from Numbers 24, 17. Not near. A star shall come out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. It shall crush the borderland of Moab and the territory of all the Shethites. Good morning, brothers and sisters. Jesus was born in Bethlehem during the reign of King Herod. Judea was a small town about six miles south of Jerusalem. The name Bethlehem itself means house of bread. It was nestled in a fertile countryside with a very fitting name. Because of its position on a gray 2,500-foot limestone ridge, it looks like an amphitheater for the hills. Jacob buried Ruth there, and it is where Ruth lived before marrying Boaz. Above all, Bethlehem was the home of the city of David. It's also where he drew water, David drew water from the well in Bethlehem. David longed for this water when he was out hunting fugitives in the hills. A final one on this location in Persia is no sacrifice could be offered in Bethlehem without at least one of the Magi present. They became known as men of holiness and wisdom. Herod was pretty much as paranoid as he was great. He kept peace in the region for 40 years, and his three sons succeeded the father after his death in 4 BC. Herod was an excellent king as he ruled over peace and he, for 40 years, and he built the temple. However, Herod, Herod was just as paranoid as he was good. He murdered both real and imagined rivals. He murdered his wife, Mariamne, her mother, and three of his sons. Augustus, the Roman emperor, once said it was safer to be Herod's pig than was to be Herod's son. Approaching death, Herod had most elite citizens of Jerusalem arrested and imprisoned. The third is that the moment that he died, they were to be killed so that tears would fall after his death. And finally, his, he mastered innocence in chapter 2, verse 16 to 18. That was modeled after Pharaoh's killing of the Israelite babies. This was in keeping of Herod's true character. He was a killer. These three magi came from the Jerusalem because of the star, and city being a capital city was an obvious place for a king to be born. We know a little about these Magi, or wise men from the East. These wise men were probably magicians and members of a priestly caste in ancient Persia, 
as followers of Zoroaster. We call them kings. Massey called them Magoi, which is translated as Magi, which was the word for kings of Sheba, and these men brought three gifts. In Isaiah, Isaiah 66, chapter 60, verse 6, it tells the people of Sheba to bring gold and frankincense. The Isaiah, this Isaiah verse was prophetic and pointed towards the gifts the Magi, Magi brought to Jesus at the falling of the star around the Oregon. The gifts were also reminiscent of the visit of the Queen of Sheba to Solomon, who, like Jesus, was a son of David, and who brought gifts of gold, spices, and precious stones in 1 Kings chapter 10, verse 1 through 10. At their best, the Magi were good and holy men who actually taught the truth. It is fitting and symbolically perfect entrance that the case where Jesus was born was so low that people must stoop down on their knees to enter in. Stoop on their knees in front of the king. That's very appropriate. The Lord of glory came to this earth both in the cave where men sheltered beasts. This cave in the church of nativity, where the church of nativity is, might be that cave. Finally, let's cover the gifts that the wise men brought to Jesus. Gold is a gift fit only for a king. Ye wealthy, we're all gifts like gold. Myrrh, myrrh is used to embalm a dead body in search of preserving it. They had a, they had a, their faith said that after they died, and they came back to turn the, their physical bodies into the present. So they wanted to preserve the dead body. That's why they used myrrh. Frankincense is a gift for priests. During temple worship and sacrifices, frankincense was used. The function of the priest was like today, but to bridge the gap between God and man. The Latin word for priest is pontifex, which means bridge builder. The priest or our pastor is the person who builds this bridge between people and our Father God. Thank you, Mike.
preach at a church in Douglas County, which was one of the oldest churches in central Minnesota.
share Jesus. Stars of the world atmosphere that we might and he might be revealed and and not to us only, but as a historical event. Many people are making plans and preparations. They've already celebrated that historic season of Thanksgiving and you wonder how many people sat down and kind of reflected on the things that they were thankful for from in their life in the last year. And as we prepare for Christmas, this historical event, we also look forward to our own personal destinies, our destinies. We do not have to wait until we soar among the stars before we can know, before we can know our divine destiny. And that's what ultimately we are all called here, each and every Sunday and each and every day when we take a time to devote our daily devotions to God. We, we ask ourselves, what is our divine destiny? What is your divine destiny? We can, we can find this in the star which God sent over 2,000 years ago to, to be sure it was an unusual star. But one which had in it all the ingredients which a person needs to find in, in very intelligent and a religious revelation. It was timely. It was timely appearing. As early as Numbers chapter 24, verse 17, God had told Israel that there would be a, come a star out of Jacob. What was that mysterious appearance in the sky that night? Was it in conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn, which the astronomers Kepler and said took place 747 years after the building of Rome? Would it be that, that new star told about by Windsor, Windsor, that astronomer who revealed in Chinese, the Chinese astronomical tables featuring a, a new star coinciding with Kepler's account and the, and the scriptural narrative. For scientific and intellectual purposes, such speculation is, is interesting. But for practical and religious purposes, it matters little about the name or the date that we give, that we truly give the star. The thing that does matter is that when God not got ready to announce his master, his master miracle to the world, the whole universe moved at his command and performed their expected and planned duties right on time. We do not know how long it took God to make this particular star, how long this star was in existence before it was seen by the astrologers from Arabia and in Syria and the wise men in Persia. And these Mesopotamians, wise men sensed that there was something unusual and prophetic about the appearance of a star at this particular time in history. And a thorough scrutiny of their religious books revealed that the Jewish people expected such a star to announce the arrival of their long-awaited king, 
the Messiah for the whole world. The biblical account does not tell us how long the wise men debated about the validity of the star's significance or how many of them were willing to make such a long and arduous and treacherous journey without the scientific assurance that it would be profitable. We do not know that they sensed that now was the time that God had chosen to, to reveal something to them and they must act or forever lose their opportunity. You and I are called to accept the opportunities of, of worship and the opportunities of serving Christ. God chooses the simple and the ordinary things by which to reveal himself and lead us to Christ. The stars of heaven are numbered as the sand upon the sea and the seashore. Even with our highly developed astronomical devices or of this day, it's beyond any possibility to number, number the stars or even the galaxies in the heavens. The stars have been with us always and have been the mariners, the mariners' compass for centuries. If we were announcing something to the world as colossal as the birth of a king, of kings and lord of lords and a savior, we would very likely choose some spectacular and newly, newly created device. But it is so like God to use the simple, abundant things already, already in existence. The simplicity and the commonness of the star must not overshadow the fact that there had to be an unusual celestial, celestial activity before the star would stand out from all the others. And from this we can infer that very likely God will reveal himself to us through the common and the ordinary things which already are in existence. However, we should be prepared to see these common things take on an unusual activity and significance when God get, gets hold of them. All of a sudden, some commonplace object or person or thought will stand out in the brilliant radiance and say to us, listen, listen, God is speaking. Brightly shining, this star outshone all other stars or it could not have been followed and would not have attracted the attention that it did. We can see that men have various types of inspiration and insight and, and motivations. The intellect, the, the emotions, the morals, and the aesthetic of man all shine and compel to lead us on. However, there must be one star that outshines up all others, and that is the star which leads us to Bethlehem. Those who want to make Christ just another good teacher and want to make Christianity just another religious philosophy are saying, in effect, that the wise men could have followed any star or no star and still have ended up wherever they should have gone. If the star of Bethlehem does not say anything else, it does say that Christ is distinctly, distinctly different, and only through Jesus will we find a revelation of the heavenly Father. 
and it was persistently, persistently leading. The star was moving. The physical and mechanical process involved here are not really important. It's sufficient that for us to know that the star went before them. It was not a intermittent and irresponsible movement, but a, a very deliberate and a very intelligent guidance. Seeming almost to have a mind of its own, and the star came and stood over where the, the young child was. Darkness, light in the midst of the world, he will lead us, he will guide us, and he will give light for us to see the path. Father God, we ask that help us to remember that God's revelation is always in movement. God is leading us forward. Christ is always to be found beyond us and above us as well as within us. We must not stay in a Mesopotamian valley. We must not camp on the banks of the Jordan or wander in the wilderness. There is a promised land whose greatest promise is that of the Christ child waiting. The wise men came a long way, and it probably took them two years to get to their destination. Our journey to the Savior may be a long and arduous and tedious route, or it may come suddenly with a, with a flash of inspiration. But one thing, however, is certain, and that is what we will not reach the Savior unless we are willing to move forward. A step at a time as God reveals and leads. Patiently, patiently waiting, the wise men were doing quite well on their excursion in seeking a Christ child. They had come hundreds, hundreds of miles following a star, and not only, only five or six miles from Jerusalem, Bethlehem, they stopped in Jerusalem to seek human counsel and direction. This reliance upon human wisdom later turned the entire countryside into a terrible nightmare. Innocent children were slaughtered by Herod in an attempt to destroy the young child the wise men sought. And though the results may never be quite that dramatic, it's sure that any time we seek the wisdom, the wisdom in compared to the leading of God, we will bring disaster to ourselves and to others. In a thousand different ways and a thousand different paths, when we come out of the maze and confusion of the marketplaces and away from the complex deductions of the mathematicians and the scientists of Herod's court, we will find the simple, brightly shining star of God still waiting to lead us to Christ. We need to faithfully be revealed. The star would not stop until it had come Christ, and it would recognize no one but Christ as its object for illumination and direction. It refused to bow to the worldly authority of Herod or, or to lead the wise men to the pomp of Caesar. It skirted around the wealthy estates of the prosperous landowners and came to the simple family which had just received the privilege of bringing a Christ child to us. Any star any star that leads us to a place other than the presence of Christ is not from God. We recognize the seemingly narrowness of the statement, but in time we ask ourselves once and for all, 
if the Christmas story is true, if, if God really has stepped into time and history and the person of the person of Jesus, and if this Jesus began life as a baby in the manger of Bethlehem, and if he ended his life in the sacrifice of Calvary, and if in doing so he reconciled the world unto God, why should we apologize or hesitate to say emphatically and irrevocably that any star that leads us to any other religion or truth than Jesus Christ is not from God. God chose the star in the east to lead us to the wise. Father, we just pray as every head bows and every eye closed. We ask the Lord that you speak to our hearts, the hardness of us. None of us will be led exactly maybe the same way. None of us will be impressed with exactly the same inspiration as many others will. We, we must not become too concerned with trying to decide which star is a right star, but we should be more careful to analyze the distinctions and purpose of the star. If the star we follow leads us to Christ and causes us to fall upon our face and worship Him and offer Him the gift of our life and the devotion of our heart, then we can look up to God and say, we have seen the star. Would you repeat after me, dear Jesus? Help us to follow the true star. Jesus Christ. Forgive our sins, O Lord. Come into our heart and life. Help us to be lived by your Holy Spirit. Everyone to whom much is given.